say, can you see, by the dawn's early light, was so proudly held what? The exclusions of anyone outside of the white race or the three-fifths of a man clause that you all still have in place are red for the bloodshed of innocent lives, white for every single one of these lies, blue for the colors in my black eye know I can't see. Cover-ups and disrespect for the parents whose military children die. Have you ever listened to the national anthem and cried? Of course not. It ignites your genetic memory and breaks you down deep inside. Because even in 2016, you know what hatred for the color of your skin feels like and that your life doesn't matter. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous So gallantly streaming. Do you even know what gallantly means? Was that streaming or screaming? Are you listening to each word and understanding the meaning? I was not sent here to be appeasing. There was only one thing I came to do with an understanding that nobody likes the person who wants to speak on the truth. And the rockets regular, the bombs bursting in air, gave crew through the night. Of what? That my First Amendment right is a joke. And that a peaceful protest from anybody dark like me is a no. We just have to leave. After I carried this country while crawling on my hands and knees. We're talking generations after generations of DNA that flows through me. And you think I'm going to just let you take any of this easily? Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze and still lying cold in these streets. My innocent life 
could be next. But you expect respect from me for a piece of cotton cloth made in China, a bloody rag, idolized material? You call this the American flag. Well, you invested in your craft, you know what I mean? You start from where, start from where you at and then you build out from there. You know what I mean? Make, make things uh, uh, affordable. You know what I mean? Build a platform and make it affordable and then go ahead and start investing in it. That's it. No doubt. But yo, what up, what up, what up, what up? Y'all know what it is. It's been a minute, but we back. Wolverine had to go to the hospital and get some of the IV fluids. That's why I've been down the past couple weeks. We got to leave that alcohol alone so we can keep this show on the road. But we back. Close your ears. This is episode 74. And y'all know we got to talk about the bullshit happening around America right now. You know what I mean? This matter of fact, we're going to start it off with a quick moment of silence. And then we ready to talk about the bullshit. I got with me this episode. I got my brother from another mother. Y'all already know Alfred Sloan III. Yes, indeed. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all Let me come through. Always a pleasure. You know what I mean, getting into it. My mother, this is this is my dude right here, y'all. Y'all don't need y'all y'all y'all, y'all should already know. Y'all heard y'all heard the, the two two hour and forty five minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> the longest podcast to now, date. That's the longest one to date. We gonna try that one out. We ain't got time to even try to top that one today. <laughs> But we, go, nah, we got stuff to do. We got stuff to do today. What's up with you, though, bro? How are things doing up 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 in Philly? Man, everything is good. We've been um we've been kind of moving moving around doing some things locally and also some things down in you know Black Wall Street and trying to trying to expand the footprint. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, and work with good listen, people. I need you tap into that real quick. So, bro, like I tell, I'll be telling y'all like when it comes to the black facts or when it comes to any type of history facts. You know what I mean? I, this is somebody I have to tap in tap into and he enlightens me and points me in the right direction on some shit but bro just took another trip down to um black wall street took the family down there what y'all see down there man now we went down so it was it was a it was a family vacation but it was mostly business um we went down there we met well one the black wall street motorcycle rally we were kind of in the background of that um and we were able to 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 kind of work through some of the things that needed to be addressed down there and, and connect with the right folks uh, we went and saw um, the Skyline Mansion, which is actually the home of what used to be. He was the, one of the leaders of the KKK um, that actually uh, was a heavy influence in the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. Um, so we went there. We had a personalized tour of his actual crib. It was bought by uh, um, uh, Felix uh, Felix Jones. For the, um, spit on the sidewalk? The yeah, he, he's over there on the... On... <laughs> I, said, I said, did you spit on the sidewalk when you, when you got pulled up to that house? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to leave a noogie over there uh, just because. Oh no, nah, it's, it's owned by black people now. Like the, the dude that bought it, um, he turned it into a, a community center. So they recorded. Um, yeah, it's, it's literally returned back to the community. It's a um, it's an area where they do a lot of like um, entrepreneurial incubator pop ups, things like that. 
and they recorded the whole Fire and Little Africa album. So like, shout out all them artists. It was like 30 people from Tulsa that all got signed to Motown, um, one of the most historic projects that they've ever done. Oh, so shit. really, really official. Charlie Wilson was on on a couple on a couple of the songs there, um, but we met with met with them. We did the Black Wall Street Motorcycle Rally, um, the new Greenwood Rising uh, Museum that's there. Went by Black Wall Street Times, met with a few people from the Justice for Greenwood Foundation, um, which is the group that's actually advocating for the last three survivors to get reparations. Um, we had a, it was a very eventful trip, man. We I'm looking forward to going back down. I'm trying to trying to make the sneaker soiree. Bring me and the missus down with the customs and see how, how that works out. All right, so you saying the black people took over the KKK crib. They took that over and, and turned that into something positive for us. Let me ask you this. That's right. Is, is, do, do, is it like, are the white people that's down there, are they are they more like um, sympathetic and, and, and you know, the, you know the people that's from yeah. the town and, and stuck in the town. Cause you know, I read a couple articles, and, and it seems it seems as like the white people down there are like remorseful. Uh, uh, is it, do they seem that I way? I think that's that's depending on on who's spinning the narrative. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, because one of the challenges there is like you got you know if you look at if you look at Black Wall Street as a district, it was forty it was forty square blocks, right? Mm-hmm. You had center at the center, you had a mile east, mile north, mile south, and mile west. From the center of center of Greenwood and Archer, right. So now, going from that large of a distance, everything external to basically two blocks, two maybe three blocks, has really been gentrified. So you can be on Greenwood and Archer, and it could be like nothing but Black Wall Street stuff. And then you go two blocks over, and all of a sudden it looks like you know what I mean, like um, Center City now. You know what I mean, where it's, it's been heavily gentrified. You know that the narrative has been changed. There are people that are that are tourists that go through there that are. I don't want to say sympathetic, but they at least will spend some dollars down in that district. For what reason? I don't, I don't, I don't know. And at least they're like willing to learn. In some cases. Yes. I mean, the the whole purpose of the museum, you know what I mean? Was to really, um, it was really to paint a specific narrative, but also not to point blame at one particular set of people. Um, What you'll see a a lot in in history is they point out certain people and then they reference their race. Right. But when it concerns other groups, like a lot, a lot of times with the with the um, with the Black Wall Street, with the uh, actual massacre that happened there, the only people that you hear in the background is the chief of police, right? Because they deputized white people to be able to go out and actually they basically did what they did. And then you hear about um, Tate Brady, who's the guy that owned the Brady Mansion. But aside from that, you don't really hear about the other stories other than the the young white lady who didn't press charges. That was the original cause, supposedly, of the massacre. That was Sarah Page. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the memorials and stuff that's down there, some of the memorials don't even put her name in it. They just say a, a young white girl um, uh, was uh, assaulted on an elevator or something like that, which isn't 100% historically factual. Um, so that's kind of where it depends on where the narrative is coming from. That's what I'm saying. I, yes and no. Um, I, I saw more black people that were there because of the, you know, the rally and everything surrounding there than I actually saw white people. But then we stayed a few more days, um, during the week. So after everybody had left, we stayed and we looked at some of the, uh, just to see what it actually looked like when there wasn't a big event. A regular on a, on a normal day. On a normal. And I can yeah. tell you, but when, when you slid down there during the week, it was like retiree community. You had some, some really old, you know, white people that would slide through and would, um, and would like buy beverages from like the liquid lounge um shout out cody ranson who's the owner down there 
There would be um, some people that would slide through, like the Greenwood Art Gallery, that were really nice um, display highlighting the history of Greenwood down there. And there'd be a few other places, but largely, you know, it's it's predominantly owned by white people, like even the historic Black Wall Street district now. So that's why I said it really depends on the narrative and who it is that's telling that story. And let this critical race theory thing, man, they might try to wipe all that out, man. And you know what I mean? But you you graduated you, you graduated from down there too, right? College? Yeah, I went to school at yeah, that, school at ORU, yep. Or yep, Roberts, down, right? Yeah, Or Roberts down there in South Tulsa. It's about a good twenty minute drive from uh from Black Wall Street. But yeah, it is it even there I didn't learn I didn't honestly I didn't learn about Black Wall Street from um from the school. From I didn't school learn it. Of course not. At know. all from any school. Not, I mean, like, even even here. Like, you know, we didn't learn about Black Wall Street at all. You know, we watched Eyes on the Prize. We did all that stuff. I never heard through. about that. You know, and that's that's what, that's what why, that's kind of what um, inspired me to do the Black Fact things. Because it's mm-hmm. like, again, growing up, you know, my dad was heavy on that. Your dad was heavy on that. We had teachers. Right. We was blessed to have, we had Miss Penn who was heavy yeah. on that, 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 that put that in us. And then it like, it Ms. blew. Harris it, too? Yeah. Miss. Oh, can't, definitely can't forget Miss Harris too. She definitely, and Miss Cooper. They definitely ain't play. Cooper, yep. 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 They definitely ain't play about um, teaching us our, 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 um, our heritage and culture and all that. But I it, think they were the people that took us to the, uh, the blacks and wax museum. Down in um, DC. Yep. 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 You already know. <laughs> who, who, who the hell else would have took us there? <laughs> <laughs> other than our parents you know what i mean that's, that's, you right about that you know what i mean so what blew my mind though is like again as, as we became adults and then we start to learn all these other important parts of history that we had no idea about you know what i mean like your black mm-hmm. wall street that, that shit i was like damn i thought i kind of i thought i kind of knew it all you know what i mean we, we, man, no. I like, man i don't even know a quarter of the of, a, of our history and heritage and shit all all that we contributed to this land or all the I'm, things I'm we've even been through i'm gonna tell you how i learned about black wall street um i actually met a survivor of the, of the massacre um and it's long story short we were visiting the church while we were down there before we decided you know whether or not it was going to be the school that i was going to go to and the pastor stood up and was like hey if y'all got any students that's coming down here uh, or thinking about coming down here, put your hands up. And so we put our hands up, you know, it was me, my mom, and my dad. And um, his, him and his daughter and his granddaughter were sitting directly behind us. And they tapped us like, yeah, we don't, we'll take you out after this. And so imagine you sitting across at lunchroom, you sitting across the table from somebody who survived the actual event. And not only did he survive, he was active. He was like 18 years old when it happened. So he was out there helping the guys reload. They was, his, his story is online. His name is Otis Clark. Um, if you look him up, the oldest dad, Clark, and I'm sitting across from him and I'm, I'm pretty decent at history. Right. And he's like, he had this medal on his chest. And I was like, yo, what, what, what is that? What's that for? He's like, did you win like the Olympics or something? He's like, no, I'm a survivor of, of the Tulsa race. They called it race riots back then. It didn't, it didn't change the name to massacre until a couple of years ago. Okay. And I'm like, the what? <laughs> and he's like, you never heard of it. I said, no. We heard it. So look, we heard it a Watts joint, and you know we heard a couple different joints. But yeah, oh yeah. But we ain't hear the biggest joint. The more, nah, I, I ain't not. gonna say the biggest. What? No, it was. It was. You can say it was the biggest. Yeah, yeah right. it, it definitely was. The biggest. Was. That's but the first, and right. it's the first time in history that we that we've ever had um, a domestic assault from the air. So that is the first 
official bombing by plane that is existing in U.S. history. Bombing yeah. niggas. Mm-hmm. And it's the most important because, again, that was all, they, they was, it was domestic terror. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was. You, you, Cause we, right. we ain't really we ain't citizens, so I don't know if it's domestic terror, but it is domestic terrorism if we gonna take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we playing by America's language and all that, but um, and like I said, to do that, that that we had, like you said, it's called Black Wall Street. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 and it was it's the blueprint. That's what it was. I mean, Booker T. Washington, he was the one that claimed it. You know what I mean? He had a, a school down there that was the high school. It's one of the only buildings that actually survived and was completely intact. Um, from when the when the massacre happened, you know what I mean, and that that tells you that the people that organized it knew something, because schools is federal property. Once you touch that, it becomes a whole different issue. As long as you touch in regular regular uh, buildings that are owned by people that are inhabitants there, you don't have to worry about the federal government really getting involved. It, it stays with the city and then potentially with the state, depending on how severe. But once you touch federal buildings or federal property, then it becomes a very different situation. The federal government has to get involved. Yeah, that's a whole different. That's a whole different topic, though. We, yeah, <laughs> we start going down that trail, yeah, they'd be like, and wow. it's funny how that how that sp- spirals though right into touching them schools and shit, though, right? Ain't that funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the only reason why with school district, you know, when when things changed is because they wanted to try to make sure that where their money affected, they also had the ability to have a, have a say in that, right? So if I'm giving you some dollars, then at the end of the day, I want to have I want to have rights to certain certain things. So that's why you see if there's ever um, a national disaster, right, and they, they, that group doesn't have a stadium, the typical campouts where the federal government sets up is high schools, right? High schools, big elementary schools or regional schools, and then it, it goes beyond that. So if there's a stadium or something larger, and if they don't have that, then they'll set up in a common area like a YMCA or YWCA. And why are we talking about that, right? You know what just blew my mind, what I just learned the other day? Yeah, both put me on. That brother Kanye, the design of Yeezys are all um, slave shoes. Some of the shoes were actually mm-hmm. given, made, slaves were made to wear these shoes as form of uh, torture and punishment and shit. Mm. But that's where the that's design cool. of the slides, even the slides, cuz. Mm-hmm. The slides and everything. I mean, it makes sense. I said. He, he said it, the whole purpose was to change people's mentalities about what they're enslaved by. I mean, he, he's been on several interviews talking about that. But you know, let us people tell it. He the sellout because he wore that red hat and said slavery was a choice. <laughs> but but he's he's incorporating, educating us, and, and, and you know what I mean? Putting us on. And, and, you know, the world is crazy. It's a crazy place out here, man. That's why we still celebrating and paying attention to uh, mental health awareness for the month of May. That's right. The whole That's world, right. whole world, crazy out here, man. I'm sorry. Well, the, a lot the therapist of it, said, "Don't call them crazy." I'm sorry. Well, people have have challenges individually; they got to work through. And a lot of times, the support system. I mean, you, you just look at it from the, from the from the side of soldiers, right? I mean, we ain't even talking about regular civilians. You got soldiers that have been equipped and trained to do a particular task, and then you know they end up doing that task. They do it very well, which you know hopefully they would because they they need to stay alive, right? And they come back and they're basically turned over into, into the, 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 you know, the civilian population. There's not a huge support system for that. I mean, we, we saw, well, luckily, you know, well, my parents, none of them dealt with PTSD, 
you know, but we saw firsthand some of that stuff when we when we were living or trying to get housing on base or not live on base and find things external to that. You know, there's a lot of resources that are lacking in that area. Hmm. And so it, it stems from, you know, it's, it's a societal thing, of course, but we also have to address it on an individual basis. And until we do that, you know, and stop perpetuating and showing all these mass killings in the news and, you know, giving copycats a, a voice, you know what I mean? And then and letting people just go sit and live a happy life in jail until they die. You know, that's that's not the wave. They say insanity is 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 doing the same thing over and over, expecting uh, different results. Nah, ain't nothing changed yet. And honestly, I mean, the movies. I'm not going to say the movies have made it better or worse, but I will say that you know, in many ways, you know, certain things are glorified in movie format that in real life wouldn't be glorified. And so now you got all these people that are growing up, um, you know, looking up to these these folks in movies and trying to perpetuate that in real life. Like I'm gonna go down famous. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be the uh, the, the was it John Dillinger uh, of 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 whatever. And like, nah, that's not really how you want to do it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> there's other ways to be remembered. What up? What the um? Before we even get to the um, you know, the the mass shooting and all that, right? You hear about right, we can the talk you, about that too. You hear about the um the Russian soldier that was charged mm-hmm. that was charged. Yeah, in the Ukraine. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, he was in the Ukraine. You know, <laughs> you got he in the, he in the Ukraine. He got picked up, and they they charged him. They trying to they're trying to make sure they do they due diligence. But then you got the U.S. on the other side with the boy that's the uh, the war criminal that they trying to exchange her or exchange him for Brittany Griner. Which they better hurry up and, and let that war criminal go and give us Brittany Grinder back. They able to get that girl out of Russia, man. But that blew. I'm like, yo, hold up. They stopped war. Or they didn't even stop mm-hmm. the war, but they they stopped and went and pinpointed one soldier. Mm-hmm. What, what they said is even life. I think it was life. Yeah, yeah. And I gotta look. I gotta look into it to see if it was the, if they they actually believe in the death penalty or not. But um, you know that that, that ain't nothing but a scapegoat. I said that's. I said was crazy though. Again, because everything I you know everything I see and I wouldn't I bring it back I bring it back to our black asses right here in America. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. all right. So we finally get a little justice for George Floyd. We see a cop get charged and all that shit. I'm like, yo, in the middle of a war, they stopped and yeah. charged this man. Took this man to court, sentenced him to life for shooting an unarmed civilian. I'm like, man, that's a smack in the face what? to me, cause. The crazy part to me is that that was in another country that really doesn't have the same level of justice system that we have here. And they 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 put a pause on everything else and said, nah, bro, you shot a civilian. Mm-mm. That's rules of engagement 101. No no women, no children. Period. Well, That's so, universal. So, so how is it, because this is where I get confused, I get befuddled or whatever word you can come up mm-hmm. How is it that they could bomb a church and a school? How how can that be cool? They can do that. They 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 bombed the church. They bombed the school. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Where, where's the charges at for that then? Well, that's that's the part that confuses me too. I, I can't even hold you because if it if the rules of engagement state a particular thing, which is you you don't mess with women or children, you don't kill unarmed civilians, like in any way, shape, or form. If those are the rules of engagement that doesn't just apply to the battlefield, right? 
that have to apply beyond that. If you if you do something that negatively impacts a community, you're liable to, to do some sort of you know restitution or reparative measures. And that don't seem to be the case with us though. The white man is protected all over because that's what it's, that's what it to me that's what it spills down to at the end of the day. You shot a white man. Now you got you got to suffer some consequences. You killed a whole bunch of uh, children and women, though. Y'all don't care about that shit. Like, I'm like, I, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was like, man, what? Just don't make sense. Certain things I, I'll never understand. And man. I think it, it really, like I said, that's why I said it depends on the narrative. Because when you look at it, you know, history, history typically is written by the victors. You know what I mean? Folklore, folklore is t- typically... Um, synonymous with people that have lost and that's History the way they, 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 they kind of written by the victor that's a quote right by there the victor. <laughs> it's, i mean it's a fact the people that the people that end up getting killed or enslaved they don't have the ability that's one of the first things they strip you from you don't have the ability to write or communicate your messages you can't write books you know what i mean when they came and they enslaved they enslaved people from africa and they brought them over here what was the first thing that they did they taught them a new language they gave them new names they removed all cultural customs from them and so the only way that we really could, could pass on the heritage of where we are or who we are and where we came from is, what we is, through what we, is through what we got orally, which would be considered folklore. You know what I mean? Because that's something that gets embellished and interpreted one person after the next person, just like when we play telephone in school, right? It's all based on the interpretation of the person that got the message before you. Yep. So until it gets written down in the book, it's not really preserved, as it were, by, by, by one person. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's, that's, that's the whole purpose of CRT, bro. Like they, they, the books is written, right? And now what they're trying to say is these these books that are written, whether they're facts or not, they don't want people to know about it. We got to remove these from this list. We got to put these on this list so that schools don't keep teaching this message. Back when we was growing up, if eyes on eyes on the prize would have definitely been books. <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to get on that. <laughs> That would have been on the list. <laughs> Straight up. Some people would have got fired behind watching that first video. Matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do the same thing with Anne Frank, with the diary of Anne Frank. Wipe that one out. But yeah, if they don't end up putting that one in there, because that, you know, they, they clearly putting blame on one group of people. We we seen that play too, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. Shout out to Anne Frank. Damn. Damn, I got a I got a good ass memory, yo. That's we. I remember we. I think we saw that at the forum. Yep, and then we uh we watched the movies. I think that was Miss Heisey, if I remember correctly. Miss Heisey and Miss Moorhead. Yeah, yeah, and we watched that show. I can't lie, that Holocaust shit. As a kid, watching that as a kid, that fucked me up a little bit. I can't lie. If it didn't, something wrong with you. He was watching, cause <laughs> I, like, they, oh, they, like, they showed us the, I, yeah, we bodies was four creek, and they just showing us them, them bodies, and you know, we, I, you know, we, we peep it, but we didn't fully understand exactly, well, you might, a nigga like you might, I mean, you, you Westerner, y'all niggas are smart, 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 you know, I'm still <laughs> daydreaming about ESPN and shit while we watching that shit, but, but they, they, like, yo, they were just bodies, just showing us how they just, I was like, damn, that hunting, uh, but they ain't, they ain't give us the, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't, well, I can't say they didn't because we had teachers that did break us down yeah. and give us our yeah. history like that, but. Yeah, but that, that was a fight though. That was a big fight. 
And then we ain't even going to talk about when we crossed over to the, uh, the, 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 the private school sector, you know what I mean? And we didn't even have Black History Month. We didn't have no education on it at all. It was like that little two paragraph on the KKK and what they, what they did for a couple, couple years like that. Like it was only an overnight thing. <laughs> or, or how they, or how they, how Walmart tried to hit them with the Juneteenth ice cream. We might have got some. Uh, we might have got a straight like that. <laughs> they called it. They called it the, the Negro Politan ice cream. I said, yeah. bro, I'm no more good. And dear black people, with this Walmart ice cream, mm-hmm. don't forget, I, Walmart stole this from an actual black company. So it is that ice cream is out there in Walmart. It, That's right. Don't don't everybody like oh fuck the ice. Nah, go get that black ice cream though, because y'all was quick. Yeah. If y'all didn't, y'all was it, it, listen. If the if the bag didn't get spilt about, about the um you know them patenting Juneteenth and all that, and then the truth about the ice niggas would have ate that ice cream the hell up. You red velvet they like that and then they red put velvet. juneteenth on the outside of the ben and jerry's box man niggas would have mm-hmm. ate that shit oh my god that, that, that. Listen, i i ain't gonna hold you i called it the contraband ice cream i went into walmart yesterday i was like yo y'all got any of that contraband ice cream left boy was like what i said the juneteenth ones he's like oh we never got them in it ain't even i, said, oh, I gotta go to the hood <laughs> Fuck it! I, I want some now. I ain't even go. <laughs> I just want to have it. They be like, "You ever had an illegal substance before?" Never. But I got this ice got, cream though. Yeah. Walmart tried to pull a fast one, yo. In the name of June, that's why I be trying to tell y'all niggas, man. Y'all better leave these holidays alone, man. These holidays ain't nothing but to get in your pocket. I don't care what holiday it well, is. Well, we about to celebrate. So here's the funny part: we about to celebrate Memorial Day, right? So. Memorial Day, most people don't know that that was actually founded by black people, right? Um, and the crazy part is the Tulsa Race Massacre actually started on Memorial Day. So we going out, you know, you think about it. Everybody goes out, they go to celebrate, have a good time, cookouts, barbecue, whatever you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And imagine you get a message like, oh, they, they picked up, you know, Tyrone, and he's, he's going down to the prison. And they look like they got a white mob that's going down there, right? So this is this is literally the narrative that was going on and playing out in 1921. Now we sitting here watching it where commercially they doing a full-fledged assault on, on, on our emotions, right? And also on our pocketbook. You come out, you're in a pandemic. You're dealing with all of the foolishness associated with that. You're dealing with the increase in pretty much everything under the sun. I mean, milk went from like $3 to like $5 in less than a year. And as far as I know, cows ain't been dying. Um, you know what I mean? If mad cow disease was popping, I would, it would make sense. It would make sense. The, ain't, ain't no issue with the cow. Um, and then all the other things that's going up, gas prices through the roof and gas lasting lasting shorter time frames. You know what I mean? All of this stuff is going on and we sitting here like, Oh, you know, George Floyd, two-year anniversary of George Floyd. You had the school shooting you were just talking about. You know, you got a Ma Albury situation. You got Breonna Teller and the cops still ain't been, you know, ain't nothing been done with them. All of this stuff been going on for the past two to three years. And we still sitting here in the middle of a pandemic with nothing to show for it. Ain't been no laws passed to prevent hate crimes associated with black people. But there's been one for Asians, though, right? Was that two years ago, a year and a half ago? Yeah, that's one of the first things Joe Biden did. Passed the Asian hate crime bill. The Asians alone. Black people for good luck. Y'all might be on the next go round. Give me another four years. Let's see how this works out. 
And that's where we at right now. You know, and it's, it's, it's horrible, but at the same time, why would you not commercialize any possible moment that you can make money off of, right? That's what everybody else does. Right. We're the only people that don't, you know, and it's, it's nothing against us as a people, but we find a certain solace in remembering what it was that we went through, right? And so when you create, you know, a, a brand that, that celebrates that struggle and coming up, you know what I mean, and doing big things, the hood's going to cling to that. Same thing with holidays, you know, Memorial Day, Juneteenth. Look how many festivals go around on Juneteenth. You know what I mean? A, a Dunday festival they do here in Philly. The whole nine. Look at all these different events and what they, what the history of them and why they're, why they're being celebrated. If nobody commercializes on it, you're not going to have an event the following year because ain't going to be no bread to sell. Makes sense. It's just we we ain't the first people to commercialize. It's typically people that don't look like us. They're like, oh, I got patent lawyers. Let me go ahead and do that. I got trademark lawyers. Let me go ahead and do that. Might as well get paid off of it, even if it's you know one cent off of every every person out there that 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 buys Juneteenth or says Juneteenth. I'm getting it. Yeah, that one cent gonna add up. Cause like I say, this Juneteenth thing, man. Like I said, this this popped on my radar maybe about two, three, four years ago, maybe and shit. If even that oh, yeah. long ago. Juneteenth, I think it don't, it ain't become a federal holiday. I think till last year. So we we this is the first official, I guess, end of. Um, um, anniversary of it being a national or federal holiday. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, I ain't never heard of no damn Juneteenth. You know what I mean? And see, people out west, I think, I think people out west might have knew about it before us out in the Texas area, all that type of shit. You know? Oh yeah, it's heavy. There. Yeah, it's but real heavy out there. It's just funny how it just spreads, and then it just gets watered down, and then you know. Well, the purpose is to get away from the message. That's why it gets watered down. If, yep. if you can. If you can dilute it generation after generation by five, ten percent, it makes it much easier, and then people don't feel like they need to celebrate it. The, the origin is what it is, but if you can get people not to celebrate it, then that makes it even better, especially the people that it's supposed to represent. And I ain't against celebrating it. Well, let's celebrate it in a white way. I, I'm I'm with the celebration, and, and and that celebration carries on into our everyday life and living. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, I'm I'm all about that. All that. Oh, we just gonna act pro black just one one weekend out the month. That man, y'all can miss, y'all can kiss my ass with all that shit, man. For real. That's why. Well, I, let me. Well, you you said pro black. Let me let me ask you because I got this is a question somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, and they were like, it's kind of a two part question. But the first part is, can you be pro black and marry outside of your race? And that's a hard question for me because most of us are a melting pot, right? Like my grandma full blown Cherokee. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, can you really be pro, pro black and marry outside your race? I don't think that there's, I have an issue with that, but on the same token, when you marry outside your race, there's certain cultural things that, you know, you may not be aware of marrying somebody that's not, not from that same side as you. And see, you know, some people and, and they play the game because, because they say that shit. But then they say, you know, like your Umars and all them, some people, they say that, but they only mad when you date a white woman. You know what I mean? So if it, is it outside your race or is it don't don't deal with white people? But you can't tell me you can't be pro-black because, number one, pro-black is nothing but acknowledging and understanding your history, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. 
treating your your your, your brother, your, your black people like you have the knowledge of our history and, and what we've been through and how we're what, like that again. Pro black is again. You'll hear some of them. Oh, I'm pro black. Blah 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 blah. Then you out out here fighting and shit. Mm-hmm. Shooting. You know what I mean? Pro black is is it's just simply understanding what we've been through and then treating treating your your, your next brother and supporting them. To me. Mm-hmm. So if you telling me if I can't who I have sex with is going to determine if I'm pro black or not. Like y'all 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 in lost y'all motherfucking mind. Yeah. It's a lot of, yeah, and then this is what's funny. You can, it's it's mad. You can, it's mad, uh, mad. All these coon ass couples out here. It's it's niggas that's you you a whole family of coons, whole little black coon family. Y'all don't do mm-hmm. nothing pro black though. Y'all polo the fuck out. All y'all care about is polo and and Versace <laughs> and all. You ain't supporting all none of the pro black people. You know selling clothes and shit. So again, I'll be yep. like, man, miss me with the bullshit. It's it's it's, 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 it's it's black black people killing each other. Yeah, that ain't pro black. It's black nah, businesses ripping niggas off. That ain't pro black. Nope. Nope. You in, I mean, I, black, I, think, I, think, I live in a black city. We mm-hmm. didn't had our second black mayor. This Ever. city ain't pro black. Harrisburg yep. ain't pro black. Because remember, it was it was it was number. <laughs> Uh, niggas, niggas, and then I'm, I'm the fat one when I talk about this shit. But let's remember, it was a nonprofit organization telling everybody be pro black, and then they go over to the white man's restaurant on Juneteenth and then want to cry and protest. Oh, they treating us like niggers. You are niggers. You came over here on the Juneteenth holiday wearing all this yep. bl- pro black shit on to the white man's side of town, and then you want to cry. They treating you like some niggers because you you came over here wearing that nigger shit. Yeah, nigga. The fuck right now? Like you didn't think that through. You but, did not. But think then that when I, oh okay, let's protest and be, 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 okay, mm, you talking right? All right. But then if the white man they give me some money, all right, fuck the protest and all that shit. Listen, they're going to do sensitivity, ethnic training, and that's it. That's it. I personally, so I personally know. You remember that incident at Starbucks in Philly? You know what I mean with the, the whole Starbucks thing. I think it was like three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So one of the young men that was actually in that is a personal friend of ours, right? And his, actually his younger brother is, he'll be speaking at our church in a couple of days. But um, it, it was amazing to me because the only thing that came out of that positively was awareness, right? Certain things are over the line. You feel me? Don't, don't, don't look at people and assume that all of us, that automatically that they're a certain way, right? That's what came out of that. But when you look at the greatest form of protest is economic protest. I don't care what nobody else says. You gotta hit the marching pockets. and signs. <laughs> if you if ain't you don't hit them pockets, pockets don't if you ain't affecting generations, I mean, think about it. Look at how many how many protests with um with, with George Floyd and Amal Arbery, right? What laws got passed? Huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, think- sorry I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Biden might have put in one. The um the cop got to do the background, the nationwide background check or some bullshit. If he got the um them strikes on him. Bro, that's only if they put the strikes on him. All right. that does is change it right. change who's going to report and how they're going to report. Things right, are going right, to be right. just like when they when they juke the stats regularly. You know what I mean? You write things down as a lesser crime so it doesn't come up to that that red 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 flag threshold. That's it. Just because you put that down, but when you look at it on on a, on an economic perspective across the country, right? No fines were were uh, were put in place to say if an if it, um, an institution or a company is found guilty of or even accused of this. Here's what it's going to do to them financially. None of that happened. 
if you sit there and you got a history of people coming in making complaints about lack of diversity, discrimination, you know, harassment, um, uh, uh, race related, like even the stuff with, with, with some of the bigger companies, especially when you start talking about the industries where, where people are doing um, packaging and moving stuff, you know what I mean? Your, your, your shippers and packers and receivers, they're astronomically higher as far as the amount of complaints that they file for discrimination. So why is there no laws on the book that says any, any company that has a discrimination suit brought against them is going to be penalized by X amount right off the rip, whether or not the case happens? economically it don't matter until you hit somebody in their pocket until you make laws associated with if you do this to our people here's what's going to happen that's the reason why the montgomery bus boycott was so popular they turned around they hit them pockets and they hit them hard and whatever anybody else had to make had to do they did it to get to get around having to use the bus system if they had to walk or they had to find people that had cars or they had to use you know their version of uber or whatever you want to call it right they did that, and they did it for whatever the time period it took to make change happen. That's all the white man is going to respect at the end of the day is them greenbacks. Everything, everything that the whole white supremacy is built on is is, is about money at the funders. end of the day. You know what I mean? It's about funders, yep. And all the all the major massacres that happened in U.S. history was about a displacement of, of economic prosperity and power. Right? It was a show of force, or it had to do with them saying, we want to be able to create this as what we what we deem it should be. And just because you're not willing to sell it out, don't mean we're not going to take it from you. Hey. But you and know. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> we'll say that's the truth, Roof. 100%. Before we take this quick break, though, we got a shot. Out the old head, Smalls retired. Uh, Sloan. Oh yeah, Coach Smallwood. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Shout out to Coach Kirk Smallwood. Twenty. What he did? Uh, I want to say twenty-seven that'd years. Be at least twenty years. Yeah, I'm about to say had to be at least twenty. It was at least twenty-seven because I know he did like ten years from. Uh, yeah, it might have been about thirty. He went all together because he he did a twenty-seven mm-hmm. year stretch. And then he coached. I didn't know he coached ten years prior and like the um from the seventies to the eighties or some shit. I ain't even yeah, know he, that. He better be. Because <laughs> I ain't even know that. Like, <laughs> but shout out to the old head Smalls, man. He had a he had um hell of a run. He, his final oh, record yeah. his final record was uh six hundred seventy-eight wins, two hundred forty-five, two hundred forty-five losses, um, two state champions, two t- yeah, excuse me. Two state championships, nine district titles. District. Yeah, yep, nine districts. Right. So, if it was time for him to retire, though, shout out to Smalls, though. You know what I mean? It, it definitely, it definitely was Hello. time for him to go because uh, I think our record was like five and twenty something this year, and you know Harrisburg on the basketball side, five, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. five wins, five. Yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care 
how bad the talent pool is. Five wins. That's unheard of around here. We the we the pinnacle of basketball for Central Pennsylvania. But you know, you know how I'd be after after all them years. He that old. He probably can't relate to the kids like that. And you know, it's just how you know how I'd be when it's time for that change. You know what I mean? But definitely shout well, out. I, I think too. The other side of it is a lot of a lot of the guys that came out that did make it far. You know what I mean? They didn't come back and bring bring their kids back and keep that gene pool there. You know what I mean? And there's nothing against getting out of the hood. Like, I'm 100% in agreement with that. But if you turn around and, and you send in, you know what I mean, your version of getting back into the hood is, you know, I'm going to go but, over to see, the East. You, you know what's crazy? <laughs> and, 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 and most places, though, most places across, I'm just assuming, most places across mm-hmm. America, that's usually the foundation that yep. they have in the city. You know, you graduate, you go, you boom, 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 then you come back and then you work in your community and but then your kids is here, then your kids is going to the school you want to X, Y, Z. But see, the problem uh-huh. is with Harrisburg, is Harrisburg is, is, is a fucking hellhole. It's a death trap. So in, 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 in reality, who wants to make it and then come back here? You want me to go out here, Number one, what job is you gonna have for me here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm making, you know what I mean. If if I'm, then went to college and all that X Y Z, and then you want my kids. You know you don't want your kids going to Harrisburg School District. That's introduction. Well, they, that's that's your orientation in, to gang life. Well, when you think about it, like we was the first class, right? When they had the Math Science Academy, right? We was the first first class out out that joint, and that was really a, a test a test pilot, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that was before charter schools was heavy and private school and all that stuff. So it was, it was kind of that intermediate model. If the, if the goal is to bring back the best possible students and have them graduate and make them successful, mm-hmm. you have to do that through creating a model and a safe space for that. Yeah. Right. They That's dumped right. a ton of money in, in Harrisburg high, wherever that money came from ain't really my business. But at the end of the day, they dumped a ton of it in there. And where did you know, it go? And most of it track football, basketball for the gym. Right. If they dumped that type of money into the facilities, right, and they didn't create a positive environment for the kids, it's not the kids' fault when they come into a place that they feel unsafe at. That's like me saying, I'm gonna move my kids into the project. Then against the project, but I'm gonna move my kids into the project, and I and I can afford them living for them to live in the suburbs because I want them to have the the authentic experience of what it means to be to grow up in the hood. No. You can still live in the same environment and, and a safe place be created for you. Mm-hmm. And if you, if they didn't do that, it ain't through adding more security guards or having, you know, a no, a zero tolerance policy or, or having, um, only having a select few number of kids. I mean, all the different programs like Abbott elementary, that's based on the school here in Philly, right? You look at mastery charter school, you look at that, um, the, the, the black boys, um, that black boys movie that came out last year. And it's talking about all this stuff, mental health issues that young men face. And I had a whole school with predominantly African-American male teachers, right, here in Philly. There's nothing against building a model and a building and putting people in that systematically so that they can be successful. And then they want to give back to the community. But if you didn't create the space for them, and you're like, oh, but look at this track. This is dope. Look at that new football field we just built. Look at the gym. Whose fault is that? It ain't the kids. Yo, they just put a new comes, they just put a new scoreboard on the um on the football field. field. 
This this is this is how ass backward it is. They didn't threw money into the gymnasium. They didn't redid the gym. Remember, Harrisburg used to play their games at Camp Curtain, Rolling. So they finally put the yep. money into the to the actually have our high school games at our high school. Mm-hmm. They put money into our field to make our field actually look like niggas play football here and actually have <laughs> PIAA games here. Cause that John look that John look hurt. <laughs> but they still had the same scoreboard from nineteen sixty four though. <laughs> Until like the last three, four years, Sloan. I, yeah. I, I think Chris Franklin or Pint, one of them niggas, bought the new scoreboard. Well, it's the same thing for the uh, the playground areas, right? So when you you talk about the playground, they just redid the um, the John out the south, which was cool. I saw that they're still working on finishing up the footers and stuff like that. That's a nice thing, a nice contribution. Um, shout out to my homie Joe who did the uh, the John off of, off of um, State Street Bridge, mm-hmm. right off of State. Um, the third, he redid he, him and a couple of his guys got together and was like, "Look, we're gonna redo this whole playground, raise the money, you know, network with the people, got got it done. So now people got a, a nice place to play, which is great. That's what the school did. But what I'm asking about is the environment. How have you physically changed the environment from 10 years ago or 15 years ago to what it is today? And putting paint on lockers ain't doing. That's the challenge they gonna have to step up to to make that environment that whole." that whole area safe for them kids to be able to go into it. Man, that's a whole deeper conversation. But we're going to take this quick break. We're going to come back with the block, with the black fact. Yeah, yeah, I don't we, like this one. And we're going to dig into the meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? We talking, we talking, we, we talking about this shooting and, and, and you Vlade. Well, how you say that shit? You Vlade. I think it's you, you, you Vlade. Uvalde, uh, Texas. We definitely going to get into the meat and potatoes on that one, but it's close your ears. Don't forget. Don't forget. Listeners, don't forget. Subscribe. You can sign. Don't forget. Get that Anchor app, number one. Get that Anchor app so you can send me voice messages. You can send, uh, or you can send a little the text messages. You know what I mean? You can interact with if you like the show, you don't like the show, what you like about it, X, Y, Z. But don't forget also, you can subscribe for that monthly subscription. We need you to do that. And don't forget to share. Don't forget to share on social media. Don't forget to tell your friends. Listen to the, to the hold up, we the, uh. We we dropped on the charts, but the number thirteenth independent podcast. We still we number thirteen. It's cool. We fell low. Hey, you know what I mean? But don't forget to tell your friends and and, and your, your all your all y'all black businesses, your homies that's starting in black businesses. Don't forget to tell your friends they got the platform to promote they shit. Close your ears. But we taking this quick break. We be right back, my niggas. No matter who you are, where you live, or your life situation may be in, relationships of all kinds have influenced your life. Both positive and negative relationships have an impact on our physical and mental health and our overall well-being. The book from author Dr. Lamar Spencer, The Depth and Diversity Within Relationships, available on Amazon and the author's website, drlamarspencer.com, offers true accounts of love, loss, joy, and stress. These collections aim to encourage, inspire, 
inspire and share experiences that have helped others just like you navigate relationships. In this must-read book, read about recommendations concerning mindfulness and relationships, as well as recommended keys to building positive relationships and the importance of setting boundaries. You will learn to build more positive and lasting relationships through this book, The Depth and Diversity Within Relationships, from author Dr. Lamar Spencer. Order your copy right now on Amazon and drlamarspencer.com. Yo, and we back, episode 74. I don't know what I'm going to title this one, man. This one's going to be crazy, but... <laughs> Let's get into this black fact real quick for episode 74. Of course, this black fact is brought to you by Brother Alfred Sloan the third again. He we had we was talking and then I said, Why are we talking? I said, you know what? Mental note, black fact. Let's knock that out. Uh, I mean, but for this week, we're gonna do Robert Franklin Williams. And I'm kind of surprised. No, I ain't. Yeah, I am. I'm definitely. Su- I'm, 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 I'm su- this is why I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Wikipedia actually gave a little bit on this brother. Because some of the black facts I go to do, man, the Wikipedia be like one little paragraph. Like, you know. So mm-hmm. be, <laughs> he was born, he did this, and he died. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. But they actually gave it up to Robert Williams. But we're going to do Robert Franklin Williams, born February 26, 1925. Um, he passed away October 15th, 1996. Damn. That's a, that's a, that's a, he had a, a lengthy one. That's, that's, I ain't expecting to, um, to pass away in the 90s. That's, that's what happens when you leave the country for quite a while before <laughs> you, you come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But Robert, Robert Williams was an American civil rights leader and author best known for serving as president of Monroe, North Carolina chapter of the NAACP in the 1950s and into 1961. Uh, he succeeded in integrating the, the local public library and swimming pool in Monroe at a time of high racial tension and official abuses. Um, Robert promoted armed black self-defense in the United States. In addition, he gained support from, um, National pardons in 1959 of two young African-American boys who received lengthy reformatory sentences in what is known as kiss the kissing case of 1959. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 1958. Um, Williams obtained a charter from the National Rifle Association and set up a rifle club to defend black people and Monroe from the KKK and other attackers. The local chapter of the NAACP uh, supported Freedom Riders. And that's somebody y'all need to Google, find out who the Freedom Riders are. Traveled to Monroe in the, um, in, ni- in the summer of 1961 in a test of integrating interstate buses. In mm-hmm. August 1961, he and his wife left the United States several years avoid kidnapping charges after a white couple got lost in a black part of town in Monroe. Local police and FBI allegedly convinced the couple to say Williams kidnapped them, but the FBI put out a, a warrant for his arrest, causing him to flee to Cuba. Later, the People's Republic of China. These charges were dropped by the state when his trial opened up in 1975, following his return in 1970. Williams's book, Negroes with Guns, 
um, written in 1962, has been reprinted many times, most recently in 2013. It details his experience with violence, racism, and, it, and his disagreement with the nonviolent wing of civil rights movements. The text was widely influential. The Black Panther Party founder, Huey Newton, and African um, Defense League founder, um, cited as a major inspiration. So, for episode 74, Robert F. Williams. And what, what sparked this again, Brother Sloan let me know how um, that, last, that last paragraph we read, how his influence um, led the, to the Black Panther Party to arm and, and, and protect their self in that way. So, we definitely got a shout out, Robert F. Williams. You got anything to add to that, bro? Man, they... That the Negroes with Guns book is uh is one of one of one of the best ones that I think for people who are not are not pro gun. Um, now I'm not saying I'm pro or anti, but people who are not pro gun, I think historically it's something that you should definitely at least read and delve into because this is a first person account. Um, keep in mind this was written in Cuba while he was there um, <laughs> seeking asylum because of the the false charges that were brought against him. Crazy and false and see. This is why when we get to talk about uh, Bill Cosby, you know, I, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for somebody like me to just say, OK, Bill Cosby guilty or, or you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, some of these senses. Even OJ, it was hard for yeah. me to just say OJ's guilty. You know what I mean? Because we again, they when, when 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 this government wants you. Oh, man. <laughs> Shoo. Shout out to the couple people that did and see you, you peep game only way to escape him. You got to leave his land and then yeah. come back and re strategize and fight him. Cause it seems everybody that these, these, these black activists always seem to have to flee to Cuba and shit. Well, a lot of people don't know back then too, that, you know, there was <laughs> the FBI, you know, under J Edgar Hoover and CIA, they had direct investigations into, into into more than just people. So, like now, you can get the redacted files <clears throat> that they had on, like the uh, Deacons for Defense, um, the Black Panthers, Martin Luther King, uh, Muhammad Ali for a period, uh, Malcolm X. All of these people. But also, what people don't know is that <laughs> they were actually investigating libraries and black bookstores because they thought they were recruitment centers for these organizations. So they got files on African American bookstores because they thought that they were ele- they were allegedly um, houses that were able to bring in people from the community and create more radical movements. Damn feds watching Martin Luther King ain't that right? <laughs> yo, yep. yo, the feds was watching Martin Luther King. It was good until he started talking about unity. Started talking about other colors. How good he was. He was all right. It was good. It was on. Let him be. Him, Fred Hampton, and matter of fact, when Malcolm X had that turn, because Malcolm X originally, when he first when he first started, and during the Nation of Islam and the whole nine, he was like, "Nah, white people can't help us at all." But you notice before he got killed, a couple years before that, he started changing his narrative. Like this is. He's like only way, only way we're gonna do this is together. Like look at the list of of of. You got the list that the feds was watching of the white people, you know, your Don Dillingers and all them. Mm-hmm. And then look at the list of the niggas they was watching. You talking about preachers mm-hmm. and activists. Yep. 
People that didn't kill nobody, didn't own no firearms, wasn't robbing nobody. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> they was just like, listen, we trying to be equal. That's it. Uh, oh, you want to be equal, man? Watch these niggas, man. What they talking? <laughs> Only in America, but Robert F. Williams, man. Shout out to him one more time for episode seventy-four. That's our black man. Robert Franklin Williams. From Monroe. Where was he from? Monroe, uh, uh North, I think it was North, North Carolina or South Carolina. I can't remember. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. Monroe, North Carolina. Oh man, so here we are. Let's talk about this shooting at this elementary school, man. Let's and again, people, we ain't here to we ain't we ain't here to the 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 uh we 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 want to talk about the 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 the, the ends the, like the real breakdown of what really happened, and we want to talk yeah. about some some real preventative measures and all that type of shit. Because our government, uh, you know, excuse me, I spoke out of y'all government. <laughs> I ain't American. I ain't. <laughs> I yeah, uh, me. I ain't American. I don't claim this shit. I identify as African, man. Fuck that. You know what I mean? But this government, it, they, they show us, they show us all the time with these tragedies that they, they, they truly don't care. Because now me, I'm someone, I'm pro take, I'm, I'm pro take everybody's gun. Mm. Brother Sloan has helped me waking up and realize they ain't never going to do that. So nigga, you better start to learn how to. Play the game they playing out here. Yeah, he definitely woke me up on that. You know what I mean? Because, like, for real, because, like, w- when you look at it and you break it down, like I say, it's been, what, 550 uh, mass shootings since since yeah. Columbine, cuz? Like, yeah, it's, it's been, been a lot. 288 mass, um, 288 school shootings since, like, 2009. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. These numbers is, like, alarming and then and then they put the you know they put the the, the meme up or the thing they're like oh yeah a, a, a school in the uk got shot up and they took everybody's gun down it's no more you know what i mean it, it's it's hard mm-hmm. this is it's real hard for somebody like me to be like why not just take everybody's guns well the, the issue when you when you start talking about you know the 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 the, the, the firearm situation right so you look at the amendment structure that we have with the Constitution, right? The first is the freedom of speech. The second is the right to bear arms, right? But specifically, the right to bear arms is focused on a tyrannical government, right? Mm-hmm. If you take firearms, but when you say everyone, then everyone means everyone. That also means no Leo, no law enforcement. It also means no military. It also means no security. All of those people. If that's indeed the case, we're not going to last as a society, right? So... The challenge is when America was founded, they left England, right? Mm-hmm. So England is a no firearm zone. As, as, as long as I, I've researched on it, it has been like that, right? No civilians can own weaponry there. So knives, knives actually over there carry charges like guns here. And so people left from that and, and, and seeing that they would not be able to protect themselves, they left, they came over and they decided they were going to create their own utopian society. So in order for them, it, to have a utopian society, they're like, listen, we need to be able to protect ourselves. Now, keep that in mind, and let's think about, you know, the, the fight between the, the early America 
and when Great Britain came over here, right? Great Britain didn't come over here. The, the Red Coats didn't come over here with knives. They came over here with guns to try to get back, the, the, you know, the land mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. Because the people came over here and they were supposed to be claiming it for England or whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, they didn't do that, right? They Instead, they, just, they decided they were just going to secede from, from England. They were going to create their own. And they were going to buy by their own rules. They wrote whatever that was um, and sent it back to France saying that we're or not France, to England saying this is what we're going to do. And England was like, listen, get the troops together, send them over there. Let's reconvince them that they're coming back to do what we said. If they had did that and the people in the U.S. didn't have guns or weren't able to source guns, would the Revolutionary War have gone the way that it did? Probably not. not. <laughs> so if if you think about it in that perspective and you're like listen I'm, I'm one of the founding fathers i'm in there writing you know independence hall i'm writing the constitution and writing the um the, the preamble and all of the amendments and everything and we're sitting there like yo what's the most important thing to us the guns freedom of speech because that gives us the right to say whatever religions it is that we want to we want to abide by right that's your first amendment what's the second thing all right well since i got this freedom in place I got to be able to protect it. Now you hit the second amendment. If the first two amendments didn't exist, we wouldn't have to worry about the 13th, right? Because everybody that was there would have already been enslaved because the people that would have came would have had guns. Period. Why the Native Americans got moved out? Because they didn't have guns for a long period of time. They had had bows and arrows. But so I I get that aspect. I get that aspect in the beginning of Mm -hmm. of, of building this uh, crooked ass nation. Guns, Guns was definitely needed. But so, like, my thing is, what does a human being need a gun for in 2022 in their everyday life? Other than protection. So, again, once we get into talk about now protecting my home, mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. Well, it's protecting your family, protecting your person. I mean, that's, it's not just your home because you, the only way somebody's going to come into your house is if you either invite them or they, they're breaking it, right? Mm-hmm. Typically. If you only have to, you don't only have to protect yourself when you're in the four walls of your crib, right? You also got to protect yourself when Outside. you're leaving your house, yep. right? It, it, nine times out of ten, people ain't just going to shoot up your crib, right? You'll be outside, you'll be doing something, and maybe somebody get an argument, next thing you know, rounds start flying. So then it extends to being beyond the, the borders of your house, right? So now you get into a different situation. Am I free to be able to protect myself at all times or am I only free to protect myself at certain given times in certain given locations? And that's the argument. That's why the NRA exists. But that's no, why there was you the know, firearms answer, education now, early. The answer to that argument is yes, but the gun ain't the only way to protect yourself. So if everybody well, it, gets not, their gun right? taken, like I said, that's mm-hmm. why I said on Facebook, like some of these niggas might want to learn karate. Carry <laughs> nunchucks. <laughs> carry a sword. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's different. It's different because I keep a knife. Ice pick keeps keep, a knife on him. You start keeping a blade on me at I all times. I keep time. a knife for protection just in case a bigger yeah. nigga get his hands on me. I, you know, I. I so it's like, yeah, I, I got you. So it's. I mean, the gun ain't the only. disclaimer, though. It's not, but the problem is what happens if you go against somebody that does, right? You can't dictate what everybody else has. So say you, 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 you know, you get, you get into a little bit of a scuffle with somebody that has something else on them that you don't have. Cause, even, cause, cause granted, 
I bet over in London, I bet some thugs got, got guns in London. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, them, yeah. them places where yeah, guns aren't, aren't, aren't are forbidden and all that. You best believe yeah. it's some niggas that got guns. So I'm, I'm like I say, I think they just need. Now this is this is this is like ten years ago thinking. When I'm thinking, mm-hmm. just take everybody's gun. You know what I mean? And and but I I think the I think I th- I think America would be okay if everybody got their guns taken. Like <laughs> like because you still gonna have your people. That's I'm not because again. All right, what do you do yeah. about the people that already got guns? No, you, you can't, you know, you, you, if so you want to take everybody, I think, I think to... of course, of course, it's impossible that you're going to say, okay, as of Saturday, May 28th, we're taking every, that's not going to, that's not going to happen. Of course, I, I ain't that stupid. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen, but see what it does. People that's going to keep your gun. Okay. Just don't get caught with your gun. That gun is in your house. Keep that drawn in the house. Can't nobody say nothing to you. Well, I mean, you, you, when you think about it, we were talking about Anne Frank earlier, right? Right. We were talking about that situation. So the problem is when you strip the ability to protect a certain aspects away from people, right? Especially in a country like this where this is what, what it's founded on. Then you, you run the risk of discriminating in some way, shape, or form, right? Because now you're saying these people can't have guns because of this. Well, it's not just every, because of the law. these people Hey, that mean the cops. I mean the cops got to turn theirs in. Only people should have guns in the military. And that's that, not gonna happen. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's a far. That's like you know, <laughs> impossible. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, you know what's crazy? <laughs> this is what's crazy. <laughs> Let the American government talk about this shit. I'm this bullshit. I'm talking. Let the American government say, all right, we gonna listen to Ice Pick. You know whatever. It would be World War Three. It would be Civil War right here. Right, we we dealing with we were dealing with certain certain countries trying to secede, right? I mean, certain countries, certain states trying to secede out of out of the United States right now because of stuff like this. Yep. So it, it definitely, you know what I mean? It definitely would be chaos if if they would even imagine trying to trying to listen to ice pick. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would it would be a law. It would literally be a lawless society because you wouldn't have anybody that would be able to protect themselves, including the people that have to be the enforcers of the law. Like that's, and that, that was one of the reasons why with the, you know, the mass shooting, it bothered me the most because all the news outlets is reporting, you know, it took them 90 minutes to get in there to, to, to quell the situation with the, uh, with the mass shooter. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and I mean, I'm just, this is just me. This is, you know, full fledged disclaimer. This is just me. It don't take 90 minutes to clear an entire stadium when you have the proper staffing, right? How is it going to take that long when you have a full police department that's basically there? And then as the news began to come out, it was clear that some officers that were there went in and actually got their kids out of the school while the, the shooter was in there barricading himself in, in the classroom with the with the kids where, with, where he, mo- he killed most of the kids. So you just asked, right? how does it take that long? It, it don't take that long. Ain't no how. Right. It, unless you're just not trying to go in. You just and waiting that's, that's for what somebody it was. to get it's there. It's obvious. It's on video. Them niggas yeah. ain't want, they ain't want no smoke. And, and we're talking about, but these are enforcers of the law at this point. We're not, And I'm not talking about just cops in general. I'm talking about people that you literally, your job description is to enforce the law. It's slow. I seen the video. It's, it's. They got bulletproof vests and AR-15s hanging from their chest. But you out here tasing the parents. You out here tasing the parents because the parents is 
I didn't got a call. My child said it's a shooter in the school. They want to yep. go get their the parents is ready to go in there with no gun just to go. They said one lady actually got out of the handcuffs and went in there and got her child yeah, out of there. Yep. Yep. And the crazy part is the dude that actually stopped the shooter. He wasn't even an all duty police officer. He was somebody that heard the shooting and he was a, uh, he was a border patrol agent and he, he heard the shooting and he obviously he had tactical training, but he heard the shooting and he went in, he took a bullet. He got, he got grazed in his head. He had to get stitches. He took a bullet, but he was able to put down the shooter. Right. And that's how all the rest of them kids was able to survive that were able to get out because he, he took them down. So imagine if he hadn't been local or hadn't heard the gunshots or decided he wasn't going, going to do it or it wasn't his duty. Right. Or he was going to follow protocol like the other officers. That count would have been, you know, just in my opinion, that count probably would have been substantially different. So is this. And that, it's just kind of a stupid question. Because Of course, it, it, it got to be. But is this preventable? Because, you know, everybody because this is one thing people say you can't stop evil. You can take you can you can change the gun laws. X, Y, Z. The evil that people yeah, want to do. Don't follow. Huh? Criminals don't follow gun laws. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the nature of being a criminal. So right. I think a lot of this stuff is preventable, but I, I don't think that we've um, made it a priority. Right. So don't if, ca- just don't care say, enough. Right. Well, it, I don't think it's, it's not about caring. I think the, the priority level. Right. So you have when you have a school district, you have a certain budget that you have to meet. And the first requirement is we don't want to get less funding the following year. Right. So things that are ancillary, like, you know, being able to, because you can actually, there's, there's a, a couple on, of devices on, on, that on, you on, can on. use. You just use the big word, yeah. things that are what? Oh, an- ancillary, things that are not, that are not required to necessary function of, or successful function of that, that entity, right? So you have a school with the whole purpose of it is to educate the kids that are there, get good grade, you know, get good grades, get good school testing, and then they get a certain increase in money year after year after year, whatever. The adverse of that is if the students don't do well, right, then you get less money. So the priority is is placed in different ways for different schools. When you go to the hood, once they get metal detectors and stuff like that, you know, nine times out of 10, that's pretty much the extent of what security level you're going to see. But you, there's nothing that prevents anybody from setting up um, a mechanism on each one of the doors for the classroom that prevents somebody from being able to get into a classroom that's trying to get in. But we don't have those. They're not installed. You look at the, 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 the system that they train the teachers to do if there is somebody that gets into the school that shouldn't be there. What does that system look like? I know I, I interviewed, you know, I talked to my, my daughter's principal when she was before, before we decided to homeschool her. And the stuff that they had communicated to me, I wasn't in agreement with. And they're like, oh, well, the police station is only, you know, a mile down the road or two miles down the road. And I'm like, well, you know, that's fine. In the interim, if somebody is in the school, a minute or two is, can be the difference between life and life and death. Definitely. So you got to look at it from the whole perspective. If we are supposed to, as a society, if we're supposed to be successful, we have to protect the next generation. We have to equip the next generation, but we also have to provide a safe place for them. And if they're going to school and they're worried about, you know, things like this, how are they going to be able to focus on getting educated getting how are they going to be a, and choosing choosing their dream over the, the distractions that society has for them how are they going to learn that it ain't the teacher's job truthfully it's not the teacher's job to protect you know 30 30 40 students that's not their job their job is to educate them 
And so you should put things in place that protect these kids as best you can to make sure that they don't have situations like this happen. Because that, that little 11-year-old girl to talk about she had to smear blood on her and everything so the guy thought she was dead, that, there's nothing that they could ever tell me that makes that the norm, that makes that acceptable. And that's the stance we as the country have to take as far as our education. Until that's done, don't, don't talk to me about you know, not everybody not having guns or only certain people having guns. They don't even value the life of my child. If you did, you would protect the life of my child and you would have measures in place to protect the life of my child. If you don't have that, how am I supposed to be consciously be willing to, to, to send my kid to school? Right. That you can be fine for if your child, that's what you can be fine. No, not can be. You will, will be, be fine. You will be. If you don't yes. send that kid to school, but y'all can't even yep. protect them. And then and y'all, y'all can't, can't y'all can't even put cops around that because again they, there was so many things that was wrong with this with this school in Texas right the resource mm-hmm. officer wasn't even there mm-hmm. they said he shot three cops before he even went in the school well they, that's what they say but like, there's been conflicting stories on you that you don't think that one's true I, no I, I think I, I'm just thinking logical right the objective is to get inside the school. And so if you have officers that were supposedly dead, why is that body count not not reflecting? Or officers that were supposedly shot, why is that count not reflecting in, in what the news is saying? Right. Because if you're getting mixed stories, and most of the stories that, at least from what I've seen, is them standing outside. I don't see no ambulances that have transported nobody off. I don't see no, no blood on anybody aside from the children that were coming out. I, none of that stuff. So once you know the full facts and the dust settles, we'll, we'll find out more truth about it. But objectively, your the shooter's shooter's design was to get inside the school so he could cause the most damage. It would make more sense to me that he would bypass law enforcement instead of setting up red flags to try to get inside the, the school. Getting, the getting popped before he even get in there. Yeah, exactly. Why would you even engage them? Makes sense to me. I'm just I'm just thinking logically. I mean, I don't know if this is the situation, but logically, if he wants to inflict the most the most harm, the objective is is to get inside the hen house so you have access to all of the all of the all of the eggs. So how does cops get in? Like so these cops, right? These cops that that are tasing outside, they're tasing parents, arresting parents, or even the cops that went in and, and, and snuck their own kids out. How do they even begin to get that community to to even be able to even look at that police department like? Because like this is the like this is like the most again, we it's it's been hundreds of shootings. Hundreds of shootings. Mm-hmm. This is the most hands down, most cowardly police force we've we've ever heard of. I don't think it was hands down the most cowardly one. I think this is the one that's been recorded um, the most. Okay, because I can. I mean, when you think about it, I can agree to that. Because again, the cowards that kill unarmed niggas and you, you definitely cowards. You know what I mean? I'm I'm just saying, if if you decided, (laughs) if you decided to sit out there and just let kids get shot. as a as an individual, I'm speaking like forget position as an individual as a man. Right. I, that doesn't sit well with my spirit. 
It just, it just don't. So somebody in some way had to objectively decide we are not going to go in. If that would have been just you and I, right? If either of our kids were in there, can you honestly tell me that a, a police officer would have been able to keep us restrained enough and I we wouldn't have had to, people that would have made sure we me. went in? They would have had to kill me. I'm just saying, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking logically right here. Like some stuff just ain't adding up. And these are people that are supposed to be protecting my, my job as a parent and as a father is to protect my kids. You think somebody going to kidnap my kid and I'm going to just watch them do it. You think somebody gonna hold my, my kid hostage? Or, and I'm or, just or again, my kid is in this building with somebody with a gun. I don't, I don't know how all the parents didn't just storm in like, yeah. Cause it was, it was more cops than parents. Right. <laughs> 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 like that, I kind of now that I, 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 you know, let this shit marinate and how y'all parents ain't storming the fuck up. And what you mean you let the cops keep y'all out there? Or t- listen, you gonna have to do more than tase me. Listen, as 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 a kid that would have came out of that, I would have smooth cussed my parents clean out. Oh, you, you mean to tell me you, you were sitting me? outside while they was would, airing the airing the block out? <laughs> shit. Hold up. I know I'm getting this PlayStation 5 for Christmas now, nigga. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving. <laughs> I'm going to live with grandma. <laughs> it is Yo. crazy. But the, it's, like I say, it's, now, where, where, how do you look at this as far as with the shooter and ties mm-hmm. to the mental health thing? Because that's another thing. I've seen a lot of people I think say, it's BS. You think, I think it's BS. Think I don't think B- it got nothing to do with that. No mental health? Yeah, because no, I don't honestly I think mental health has been a scapegoat for so many people that, that don't look like us. I mean mm. it, it, I was bullied, I was this, I was that. Bro, there's niggas that get beat up every single day. What you and say, don't shoot what, up nothing. What you say the the, the, the baddest hood nigga ain't never ain't never shot never. up. <laughs> Ever. Not not once. If they find, if the hood that when we was growing up, bro, if the hood found out you planned on doing anything to a kid, you was gonna get jumped. Period. So you mean to tell me that somebody is going to leave from, I guess he shot his grandmother or whatever, leave from there, go Which to is, a Hold on, though. And, he- and, and you got to excuse my ignorance, because I, I always, uh, you know, this is just the ignorant part of me. Y'all know I don't got no problem letting it out. I'm just <laughs> glad the nigga clapped one of his motherfuckers, his family members, you know what I mean? When these motherfuckers go hoping, then you want to go shoot up somebody else. Yeah, I'm just I'm glad he shot his own people's first. I'm sorry. Graham, I personally sorry, think that, that, was, that was the ground. That was the grounds for the scapegoat. You know what I mean? For it to be a mental health issue. Because like what they're gonna what they're gonna mm, spend the narrative as is he that smart. Nobody kills their own family member, right? So clearly he had to, something had to be wrong with him. He shot his grandma before he did this. Clearly something gotta be wrong with him. Right? Yeah. Grandma was a mortar for him to get off on um get off on the death penalty. <laughs> I'm just saying because when you I mean think about it why yeah, uh, why else about logically would you shoot a family member? Before I go do this, like Grandma, I don't maybe she ain't put enough sugar in this cornflakes. I don't know, I don't know. But it, you know they they putting pictures of yeah. him on the dress, wearing the dress and all that type of shit now. So I I, yeah, I think listen listen, listen listen I think like no I'm on your side with now I'm I'm, I'm more because first I was leaning toward the boy probably is mentally ill. I was leaning towards that because I, I always think once you already commit a crime like that you kind of a little mentally ill. But at the same time, no motherfuckers like you say. 
They will use it as a scapegoat. They will listen. Sure. Mentally ill don't plan certain. You know what I mean to a T. So when you think about all right, let me shoot my grandma first. That's gonna that's gonna immediately put the the mentally ill thing. I can I can run that narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't do that with um what's his name with um the the Kenosha bull the um the dude that shot up the uh, the Kenosha thing that they watched and all that stuff. He ain't had no mental illness. That wasn't the, no mental illness complaint with him. That don't make no sense. Yeah. Yep. At the end of the day, if you really want to inflict the most harm, right? And the easiest way to get off of doing that, I'm not going to say get off. That I think that's the wrong term. <laughs> to have a lesser sentence, right? Is if they think that something's wrong with you upstairs. You got to play crazy. Not crazy. I'm just saying. And we've seen it. We've seen it forever in a day. And when you look at the narrative, I mean, we done dealt with so many decades and centuries of oppression and, and bullying and racism and all of that ain't ain't really been when that ain't been our, our, our cup of tea. Can't no nigga Ever. can't no nigga claim that though, huh? Mental illness. I sold I mean, these it, I sold these drugs and I'm mentally ill. When when a lot of I, you know what's crazy? A lot of these drug mm-hmm. dealers are legit mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard not to be, and you watching yourself poison the same people that you care that you care about, people that you grew up with, and seeing the damage you do, and you don't, and it just it's all about the money. I ain't I'm sorry, just something don't sit right with me with that. Just don't. Hey, y'all, 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 y'all starting to win me over on that, on that, letting them use that mental illness as a scapegoat thing. Because like my, I was like, hold on, I was like, I, I used to be like thinking like. Okay, we say mental illness, we we big up about it. We know it's real X Y Z. But I'm like, well, then why when the motherfucker do some crazy shit? Why then it's like, yeah, you just made, it, yeah, you ain't gonna try to play crazy, nigga. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I just I want I want people to be aware of the, the the strategies with a lot of these things. Like a lot of times with these these mass situations or whatever you want to call it's it, definitely strategized you know, and and it's. it's yeah, it shows premeditation. It's not like it was just happenstance. They were just running all over places doing whatever the heck they want to. Like something just snapped and, and a, he just picked his gun yeah, up and Yeah, that's if that was the case, it would not be it would not be well thought out. It wouldn't be as methodical. There would there would have been some missteps, you know, he would have forgot something or the normal stuff like you can't even get out the out the crib without leaving your keys or, or cell phone. Or 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 to add to that, even when people like just really do snap like that they're like in zombie mode or they're like extra aggressive. You know what I mean? Like, and it's typically in, it's influenced by, by, by a product of some sort, right? They, they either, they utilize a drug or they do something that kind of brings them out of that, that cognitive state to a more reactive state. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where you ain't really, you're not really, you're processing what's going on, but the emotion behind that and, and it potentially being wrong isn't there. Like that's the part that scares me the most out of everything. We just sat here and at least from 2000, 2000, what, two, when we, when we finished school, right? 2002, 2003, mm-hmm. when we finished school up until now, I've been more concerned of the damage that potentially my children are seeing because of incidents like this than ever before when I was a kid. We didn't have a ton of school shootings like Hell that. Hell no. Like I said, until up I think until Col- what, Columbine. Look, Columbine. Col- yeah, Columbine that was like the, was the biggest f- one. The biggest first one we, that, 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 that rocked us that we even knew this shit type of shit even happens. Because again, yeah. I, I was telling somebody, you got to remember, the shootings, the, 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 the mass shootings used to be white motherfuckers at work 
they get fired and they want to shoot the job up. Postal jumps. Going postal. Yeah. 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 That's 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 typically what it what it was synonymous with. But now we're in a, in a position where <laughs> we see, and, I, and I'm not laughing, but it's like it's a total flip of the circumstance. Now it's just all it's mostly focused on kids. And you mean to tell me after after Columbine, to me, something should have clicked and say, you know what, we're gonna do things slightly different. We're gonna make sure we put some security doors in here. You know what I mean? We're gonna put the little locks on. We're gonna develop a strategy or a plan. A couple German shepherds, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, something. Guess, guess, right? guess what? That German shepherd ain't gonna be scared of no motherfucker. If that German shepherd's trained to, 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 to take down who ain't to, you know, dogs dogs don't play. Until until that dog gets hit, it's coming. It's coming for whoever. I ain't never seen a dog run from a gun. Never until it gets hit, it's coming. <laughs> period. Real shit. But dude. we don't have. They don't do that. They don't have dogs patrol. You know, patrolling schools. They don't have. And they need. Why not? Security. Though? That that research officer should know. have a dog sniffing for bombs, all type of shit. Well, look at and look drugs. how many bomb threats we didn't we didn't see in school too. Like they they didn't been an increase in bomb threats. There's increasing people like even school related events. I, one of my friends just sent me one that's supposed to be like a, a end of the year let out thing that they were doing, like a um, a community a community event. And apparently they were receiving uh, shooting threats from, from somebody. So they decided to have a bunch of police presence there for that particular event. And they're like, it's going to be heaviest Friday and potentially Saturday. So we'll have the heaviest police presence there and broadcast that. And I'm like, y'all can do that when somebody just makes a phone call, but yet y'all can't do that on a regular basis to prevent it. That don't make sense to me. But yet, I'm supposed to pay all this thousands taxes and thousands of dollars in school taxes, mm-hmm. and y'all even protect my kids. Come on, man! It's not adding up. Somebody got to do something different. So either y'all y'all get it situated, and I and I told my my daughter's principal this. That's why I pulled her out from home, from homeschool. I said, look, I said certain things ain't adding up. You tell me my daughter's safe from the time that she leaves my arms when she gets on that bus until the time she gets back, and either I get her, or her mother get her, or one one of her family members get her. And you can't even tell me where she's at in transit. Because you don't know how many bus stops that that are there before she before she gets to ours. I said, "How am I supposed to feel comfortable with that?" So, the reason why the argument started was because I sent my daughter to school with a watch with a watch phone that has a GPS in it. Right? It didn't have no screen or nothing. It was a simple simple phone, and they kept getting on her about having a cell phone in school. And I'm like, well, "Look, I'll meet with the principal. We'll have the conversation, and then I'll explain to them why I did it." And I gave her permission. So if y'all want to get on, get on anybody, y'all have the conversation with me. And that's where it started. And I said, and I, I told the principal walking into the school, I said, ma'am, listen, I said, I mean no harm, but you have to realize y'all don't, y'all only have one security door. And it's what, how many students you said y'all have? Four or 500? So you mean to tell me y'all got one security door for four or 500 people in this school and I'm supposed to feel safe? Sorry. <laughs> it's one last thing right. I wanted to get on for. I know you gotta get up out of here and all that. Already, bro. Already. Um, I just pray they fire them cops though. Them cops need to be fired. Or that whole they follow protocol. They're not gonna get fired. Well, whoever <laughs> they gonna be right back to work on Monday. Chief, whoever the main one that made the, that made them stand down. That nigga need fired. They, they, and then, they, you know, the governor, he had to recant his statements. First, he was the police did everything. They was they handling. The, then he had to get back on it. Oh man, now they fucked up. You know what I mean? But yeah, them videos came out was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Survey says. But yo, I wanted one key thing that I told you that you posted 
and when we want to talk about how do we prevent these tragedies and, and you know what I mean, these, these these type things, right? One of the keyest, realest shits you posted was when you said, and I mean, you know, I'm a, you know, I gotta say this in my language: fuck a trial. <laughs> fuck a trial all that no. kill public they should have kill him right on the spot that's what we need for for these motherfuckers that want to commit these type of crimes and i i i did like you because like it's, that'll stop a copycat well listen i'm gonna no put it the way ain't, no, ain't nobody <laughs> I'm gonna put it the way i put it <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not condoning, condoning murder in any way, shape, or form. But what I am saying is that we consistently have this type of thing displayed, and it is self-perpetuating to make other people want to do it in order for them to get glory and fame. There's no reason when someone commits a thing like that, waiting for trials and going through all of that other stuff, in the meantime, all you're doing is pu- publicizing and, and televising all of the negative things that this person did. And you're then, having people that actually witness the trauma having to relive it. Relive it, go and back through it. And then you're taxing go, some people. Some people got to pay for his, his court process and all that. Everybody do. Because his family, his family, the families don't pay for that. That comes out of tax dollars. That's everybody's burden. So why are you going to sit here? And like I said, I'm not, I'm not for murder in any way, shape, or form. But at the end of the day, we, we, we do a very, very, very good job as a society of showing people that do things wrong. We blow them up. We make them social media stars. We make them influencers. We do all of that stuff. And we, we take never them to Burger King. <laughs> we take them to Burger King. <laughs> and we never factor in the damage that we're doing to the rest of the people that are viewing or hearing about this stuff. Bro, that's the l- l- listen. His body should be hanging on that school right now. He should still just be hanging, <laughs> blown in the wind, cause straight up. I, that's how. What well, they. I, I, he got he got taken in. They gonna make sure. I mean, they they they're not gonna make an example of him as as heavy as as um what you know what what you talking about. But we need public. We gotta go day, back. We gotta go. What was that? Oh, that was England. No, they did that here that was, too. They did that here. Public they did that hangings. Here. They did that to us here. They didn't do that to everybody. And the, the, some the of the white people, trial. you had to, you had to been a yeah. You had to believe in witch and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Other than that, normal you know normal people that committed crimes, they wasn't doing stuff like that. <laughs> Well, we need the to- biggest the the biggest acts of of deterrence that they use, especially with us, was um, the public displays, whether that was through lynching or through burning or anything of that nature. And that was that was really heavy with us. They did it with Native Americans to a degree as well. Um, but in general, that was that was the biggest part for us all the way all the way up through the sixties, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they were there were public lynchings. They actually did it in a public display. And you got you photos, and you got videos, it's postcards. You get postcards. You, get, you can get souvenirs off of people's bodies mm-hmm. after they were hung. You know, what I mean, all of that stuff is all. That's what. That's what has been in America since the nineteen what, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, might even go to the eighteens. Yeah, shit. Since we've and been shit. here, shit. You want to talk about as a nigga? Nigga, tell you since I got off the nigga probably seen a nigga soon I got off (laughs) soon I got (laughs) off the boat. First thing I seen was a nigga hanging in sixteen forty nine. There's a long history of things like that that have gone on here in the United States, and so the the challenge, you know, negatively or positively, whatever, however you want to look at it, is those those things are 
um, they're, they're, they're still prevalent in the society. It's just a slightly different form now. And so we, instead of us making a public spectacle of somebody that did something like that or making them, you know, a, 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 an influencer of people to perpetuate that negative thing, we got to start making better examples. Like this is not what we're going to stand for no more. But yet, what, 200 some odd mass shootings, school shootings or whatever, later, we ain't, ain't been no public examples. And Texas, and Texas still deal with the death penalty. Let's see if this, let's, yeah. see, let's see if they, let's see if they sending the pine oil heaven. You know what I mean? Or, or well, if, he, if he gets that, uh, that mental health joint, I, I, I'm pretty certain he probably ain't going to get the death penalty. That's crazy. That's, that's mental health right there. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> nigga, nigga could shoot up a school and not get the death penalty. But I'm sure it's a whole bunch of big, dark-skinned, black-ass niggas on death row for probably raping a white bitch or, you know what I mean? Just, just, for anything, drugs, alcohol, you know what I mean? Motor, uh, motor vehicular accidents. Yeah. And, but they didn't get, the difference is they didn't get the publicity. They didn't get the press. They didn't get the following. I mean, the, the dude that shot, shot back at all them cops here in Philly a couple years ago, that was like 2019. Um, and they took him, they took him alive. He had, it was like a standoff for like four or five hours. Um, he's only seen trial yet. Are they going to let him sit like R. Kelly? Bro, it's 2022. This is 2019 when he did this stuff. And that was on national news. Yeah, but you know, that's, that's a little game they play too. You know, cause once, once it's forgotten, you know, they let a nigga sit, you know what I mean? So he forgot it. What the hell? He didn't dead. Then try to bring a nigga to trial and shit. But this is a matter. I had that story man. conflicting like a mug. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you said, nigga, that was three years ago. I ain't even like that no more. What? The crazy part is the whole reason for the situation wasn't even because he was he was he wasn't even the original uh, the original person that was intended for. That's the part that blew my mind. It was that he picked up somebody and uh, somebody ended up um, telling that what he had in his house. And he, they ended up going after him and they didn't even have a warrant for his crib. Well, we know how they play with them warrants and all that, man. They don't even. This My is... hope is that we, we as a society learn from the mistakes that we've made over the past, you know, at least hundred years and put in preventative measures, especially when it concerns our children. Like, Plus minus all the other stuff that we talked about. If we don't make a change, you know, our, 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 our next generation is going to be affected more severely than it has been thus far. And that's the part I want to see change. Because it's always going to get worse before it gets better. Damn sure. Well, hopefully this is the end of it. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to work. But thank you, bro, for coming through and touching on this subject with me. Man, this was definitely, you know, we were supposed to have a couple more people join in with us. This, this is definitely one of the ones, one of the one of the topics I wanted to hear, like a lot of different, a lot of different um, perspectives and, you know what I mean, opinions on it. But, you know, it's yeah. always better when when the motherfucking Sloan come through, you know what I mean? It's all good. We don't need the mother thoughts, man. This nigga smart enough for. Three, four niggas that was supposed to have been there. So, you know. <laughs> well, my my hope is that we, you know, the stuff we talked about, we've, we've elaborated on a few things as far as our topic and us as, as, as males in America, but also that 
it kind of pushes other people to to want to make a positive change. Because if we don't if we don't push it, it's an uphill battle right now. But if we don't push it, like I said, it ain't things ain't going to get better. It's going to get substantially worse. And I I for one don't want to see no more mass shootings with no children. I really don't want to see no mass shootings. Period. period. But yeah, definitely but not I definitely kids. don't play about them babies. And Texas yeah. residents like the dude that called himself volunteering and shooting himself in the leg. Yo, y'all gotta chill. Y'all gotta relax. Chill. Yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do it smarter. <laughs> Cheddar, you cheddar bobbing yourself at school. The school's on lockdown now. <laughs> the kids, yeah, please, motherfucker, please. you didn't sent motherfuckers through a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah nah, and that, that was way too close, especially to an event like this. Like, come on, bro. You, you, you know. And all I could do is because I'm like, I know his heart. I, I, I can just see this white dude. I know he probably had. His little, them little blue blocker, you know, the little shades the cops would be wearing and shit, and his little tight hat and little tight t-shirt tucked into his jeans and shit. I can just see him. I know his heart was in the right place. He just want to go protect them babies. But nigga, you let the gun go off adjusting your belt. <laughs> Shoot yourself. I'm about to say, you did that well before, my, my guy. Please, please, people, do not do that. <laughs> no cheddar, Bob, and you're gonna scare the kids. <laughs> you you want to make a positive change? Go down there and talk to your uh your your school representatives and ask them to put in secure measures. Do positive things is gonna cause change more than just that one day. <laughs> please, real shit. But I thank you again, bro. I thank you. Oh man. Listeners, I hope y'all enjoyed. Remember, if y'all got the feedback, listen, we can we can spill into the this again. This is a this is a um y'all know this 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 uh mass shooting or the or the school shooting or you know what we was talking about and all that. This is a conversation we can have for days for days. So listeners, you know what I mean? Y'all got you know what I mean, points y'all wanna add in. Y'all I told y'all get the anchor app. Or you can leave the messages. You can leave reviews on the Spotify, Apple, whatever you stream your podcast on. Reach out. You know what I mean? Y'all that can hit me directly or inbox. Y'all know I'm always listening and responding to those. But definitely, definitely, this is the subject that I definitely want to. I want to hear everybody's opinion on this one, man, for real. Because We definitely need a change around here. In this, uh, and what's sad is such a America is such a great, beautiful land. It's just, it's just the government is it's just dirty. Uh, it's just dirty. But we gonna get up out of here. Before we go, I'm gonna hit them with a quick tip. My quick tip for this week on episode sixty, uh, 64, 74. It's just gonna be hug your kids, tell them they luck, tell them you love them. School just ended. So you know they about to get on your nerves the entire motherfucking summer. And that's okay. Because it's about 20 parents. They kids can't get on their nerves for this summer of 22. So keep that in mind. Love, hug them kids, do something with them. Thank y'all for listening. Brother Sloan, you telling them peace? Listen, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all. You know, definitely pray for them. Uh, pray for the, the families of all all those people that were affected. Um, also, you know, send well wishes down to them. And then all of the uh, the legislation, the legislative people still gotta put the pressure on them, right? Yeah, y'all still still gotta put the pressure on them. Don't you know? Don't don't let up. Make sure that your voice is heard. Make sure that they understand how important it is that your kids are secured the same way that theirs are. 
No doubt. Because if they're not secure, we're going to have more problems and we don't need to be there. No doubt, no doubt. I thank you again, bro. I thank y'all listeners. This is Close Your Ears. This is Ice Pick, Cousin Rick, Eric Hicks, whichever name you should choose. My good brother, Alfred Sloan III. We up out of here, y'all. Y'all be safe. Peace.